1: Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema
2: Club. Coming up on Total Access, The Locker Room. They would be on their hands and knees right now, crawling to Lambeau to escort Aaron home in a horse and carriage that they were driving the horse and the buggy and they'd stop every five minutes and go, Aaron, how's the temperature back there?
3: Welcome to NFL Total Access, the locker room. I'm Michael Robinson. And today I'm joined by my NFL media colleague and friend, Mike Silver. Mike's an award-winning journalist who's been covering the sports world for over a quarter century for places like Sports Illustrated, Yahoo Sports, GQ and more and he's been with NFL Network since 2013. We're going to let you guys in on what players and coaches really talk about inside the locker room and today we it's all about Aaron Rodgers and the possible possible move and what's shaking down out there in Green Bay. And yes, yes, we have one of our most accomplished writers and reporters here at NFL Network and one of my great friends and good colleagues, Mike Silver. Mike, what's up, big dog? Welcome to the show. I am just so happy to be here with
2: you, especially. What's going on?
3: Oh man. First of all, you know, it's going great. Um, and second of all, we have, we start every show with a locker room story. So Ooh. I know you've been in a lot of locker rooms. Okay. <laughs> a lot of locker rooms. You've, you've been in a lot of places. You, you can't give us that, you know, the PG stuff that that, that is shown on total access on TV. You got to give us the behind the scenes stuff. All right. So wow. it's your turn. Okay. To bless the show with a locker room story.
2: Not sure how this one's going to play, but it came up <laughs> with my daughter uh, in, at home the other day. So I'm going to tell it. So I used to cover the San Francisco 49ers when I broke in, like at 23. Mm-hmm. And I was there every day. I was a beat writer, first for the Sacramento Union, then the Santa Rosa Press Democrat. And one of my favorite players before I started covering, and one of my favorite dudes once I started covering, was a cornerback named Eric Wright, shutdown corner mm-hmm. from Missouri. He was on all four of the Super Bowl teams of the 80s not the Eric Wright who played later, not Easy a different Eric Wright. Um, and this guy was, he was from East St. Louis and, you know, grew up in a tough neighborhood. And every day he used to go, Silver, where you from? You ain't got no dog in you. You ain't got no dog. And like, it was a recurring thing for years. And, you know, I, I'm from a very nice part of Los Angeles. And, you know, I, I didn't have a tough upbringing. And he used to just go, Silver, where are you from? Until... That day when I went to cover a mini camp in 1994, five years in on this, okay. and I was able to go, E right, I'm from the wood, I'm from Brentwood. We got double homicide, we got bloody glasses on the ground, Brentwood. And, and everyone in the locker room knew the joke by then. So it was, it was. It killed because yeah, thanks yeah. to the O.J. Simpson murders, <laughs> after five years, I was able to front like I came from a tough place.
3: Oh, so you, you used what was going on with O.J. to give you some
2: street credibility? That's what you did? I mean, you know, <laughs> glasses on the ground. Yeah, yeah. You got to use what you can, man. When you come to Brentwood, you better know. Yeah,
3: <laughs> well, um, I don't know, and I'm not trying to know. Okay, so look, check this out, Silver. Let's dig into this Aaron Rodgers situation a little bit, man, because for the life of me, I don't understand why he's mad. It's not kind of like the mad rapper on, you know, on the old Puff Daddy CDs. Why are you so mad, man? I mean, we hear he's um, disgruntled uh, with the organization, maybe because of the way that the organization is now structured. The structure changed a few years ago. But Mike... This team is twenty-six and six over the last two years, man. They've been to two consecutive NFC championships. They've they had the top scoring offense last year. What the hell is Aaron Rodgers talking about? What What does he want?
2: Well, okay. So first of all, we all concede that some of our biggest stars in this league, beloved players, can be high maintenance. I yeah. mean, we've. I mean, I I'm high maintenance, so you know, in <laughs> my little world. So, you know, I, it is it is a thing sometimes that. They need some managing. And um, the Packers are a unique organization in that the collaboration between the coaches and the business slash football operations is almost non existent. Whereas in some buildings, well, the GM has the final say, but he's yeah. talking to the coach a lot. Or in some buildings, like the 49ers, the coach has the final say, but he is very inclusive with John Lynch and the personnel mm-hmm. people the Packers really have this weird kind of like you just coach and we'll handle this thing. And there's no owner, even though a lot of people Mm -hmm. with stock certificates think they are, (laughs) but you know, it's not in a normal situation. For example, I think an owner in green Bay would have stepped in by now. For example, when Jimmy Garoppolo was abruptly traded in October of 2017, that seemed to be Robert Kraft saying to bill Belichick, yo, I don't care if you want to keep Jimmy, Tom Brady's the guy, he doesn't like this and we're just doing this, do it. You don't have that in Green Bay either. So part of this is just the way they've done it for a long time. And I know they reorganized it, like you said, but even in the Brett Favre days, it was, you know, the coaches were kind of left out of a lot of decisions. And part of it is a specific situation that's going on. So um, when they traded up for Jordan Love, it was the Mm -hmm. weird Virtual draft, right? Yeah. Um, that wasn't Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy in a room going, yeah, 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 this is our plan. They were literally detached. And um, I think correctly, Aaron perceived that as management making that move. It was the only aggressive move they made in the entire offseason. The previous offseason, they'd signed some guys that had gone well in free agency, but didn't sign any free agents. And then it was like, it's a rare aggressive move in the draft. They traded up, but it was mm. for Aaron's potential replacement. I personally in a vacuum don't think that's a crazy thing, but they clearly didn't manage it. Well, he didn't know it was coming. Okay. They didn't do a good enough job afterwards of saying to him, look, man, we're looking ahead to the future, of course, but we know right now you do this at the highest level. It's your team. We are behind you,
3: But and- Mike, but Mike, Mike, that was last year. No, I know. it was a year ago. I
2: know I'm trying to, I'm trying to take people back. So <laughs> uh, um, in that year, there were certainly opportunities where they could have made him feel like, Hey, we get that franchise quarterbacks, a hard job. You're doing it. It's a unique thing. It's like a partnership. How can we all talk about, you know, not like you're going to decide things, but how can we, you know, have an environment where we hear you and you hear us. It's more mm-hmm. like, yeah, hey, whatever. We're the Packers. We just do what we want. So he, put his head down and played had an insane season, got to the precipice of a Super Bowl, and frankly lost to another all-time great quarterback who had a GM with a completely different philosophy, which was, Oh my God, we've got Tom Brady. Who knows how long this can last get everyone like anyone we could get and then re-sign them by the way, since then. But the Packers have had this weird philosophy for 30 years. They've been blessed with, back-to-back first ballot Hall of Famers for 30 consecutive yeah, years. that's true. Second time it's ever happened in history by Young, and that wasn't for 30 years. And it's easy to say, yeah, we're passive. We'll just build through the draft. And, well, like, yeah, when you have Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers covering up all ills, you can. Now, I would argue that three Super Bowl appearances in those 30 years is not uh, a great achievement when you've got no. those two guys. No, it's not. So you've got that whole backdrop – And then the season ends and now he's thinking, well, you drafted this kid, probably thinking you'd get me out after this year. Maybe I played so well that that plan will be delayed, but I want some clarity contractually and that could have done three things if they had said to him, you're our guy, we get it. We're not worried about Jordan love for a while. They could have done something that raised his pay, created cap space to help sign some guys. And most important to him, made it much harder to move on from him after next season cap-wise, which would have essentially said to him, okay, that plan's on hold and they know that they're keeping me. And they seem to be reluctant to do that from what I understand. And so I think you put all that together and uh, maybe some things we don't know about because it hasn't been you know, Mm -hmm. reported out. We still, you know, I just started getting back out on the road. So I think like in general, all of our reporting levels are down from what they normally would be Mm -hmm. the last 14 months. And Aaron hasn't really talked about it publicly or hasn't. So I think you put all that together and we're not really sure, but here's what I do know. The coaches are all in on Aaron Rodgers. They, this is not an ambiguous thing for them. They're like, he's the best. We love him. We do not want to have a reality where he's not here, let alone Jordan love playing right now. We want to make it work with Aaron. I don't think Aaron feels like, like Mark Murphy and Brian Guttekunst share those opinions.
3: I mean, but he's like the what fifth or sixth or maybe seventh highest paid person in the national football league. He's making 33 and a half million. And again, you know, I'm not going to talk about the QB pay scale, whether you're making Carson Wentz or not. money.
2: I mean, mean, it just depends how you look at it. That's
3: true to a degree, but Tom Brady's never been the highest paid guy. I mean,
2: and he has all the Super Bowls. You know what I'm saying? True, but Peyton Manning was, and, uh, you know, Drew Brees was. I mean, listen. And Drew Brees still only has one Super Bowl. I think it's hard to make the case that if Aaron would just take below market that the Packers would load up around him. They just don't do that. And really the Patriots didn't do it with Tom. It's, it's a weird argument. I mean, Tom's married to a, you know, multimillionaire, you know, who has tons and tons and tons of money. And Tom got really frustrated at times, like when they got him to take less and they didn't pay Deion Branch or didn't pay Wes Welker. Tom was furious. And, uh, it's not as cut and dry as it sounds to just say, well, Tom's such a team guy. I mean, I, I think That's true. it would be one thing if Aaron was like, Hey man, you know, what's our organizational philosophy? Because I'll definitely take less. If all of a sudden we're going to start aggressively trading for guys and signing free agents and pushing money into the future for the cap and all that. But I think it's, it's hard to just say, I, I think it's not so much he is underpaid relative to his accomplishment. Yeah in, you know, this past season, but I think it's more, Hey, I want to, I want you to be willing to do something that kind of shows me you're not trying to get rid of me after this year and any balking in that manner, I, I you know, fed into what he seemed to already believe. But I,
3: I don't know, man, if I agree, I, I hear what you're saying. I just think that when you're supposed to be the alpha dog, you're supposed to be the top gun in, in every room you walk into, you're that guy are you really concerned about who they're drafting? And maybe it's because of how Aaron Rodgers got there and who, who spot he took. And maybe he's like, oh, man, you know, maybe it's like that. But Brett was flirting with retirement. The team had to, you know, right. to, to, to bring him in. And I think whether you say it's a right or wrong move to have drafted Jordan Love in the first round last year, the reality of the, of the situation is you went to the NFC championship, won 13 games was one of the best offenses in the league last year. And the same thing happened this year. I guess my I guess my question to you is, do you think he's trying to change the structure of the Green Bay Packers or how they do business? Because that, that seems to be the only thing that
2: could make him happy. Well, I think he's trying to replace the person, the people who are clinging to that philosophy or get them to change. And um, you know, that may not be something he could accomplish, but I think his attitude at this point is, and listen, he's not alone. Tom Brady essentially got sick of being in Bill Belichick's world and in New England and was able to get out. Now he was older, but yeah. Tom, Tom Brady fought his way out. Russell Wilson. I don't care what anyone says. You and I agree. Yeah. Tried to fight his way out. Yes. Just he did. Did, yes, didn't he did accomplish it yet. But, <laughs> uh, and Aaron Rodgers is now saying, you know what? I don't think you guys appreciate me. I just, you know, I think a lot of the things you think are you, you'll find out weren't if I'm not here. And I would agree with him. I think the the Robert Tanyans and the Alan Lazards and these guys we love who are gritty, awesome players are going to have a worse reality if the ball's not arriving, you know, perfectly and a quarterback who saw them break free. I mean, I think it's, I think Aaron Rodgers is right, but I don't know. Listen, I've covered a lot of high maintenance people who are great. (laughs) And I came in covering Jerry Rice and that was day to day, man. Jerry Rice was a lot, you know, you saw in the last dance, we were reminded how Jordan was. Jerry Rice was very, very similar, you know, constantly creating stuff in his mind that people were doubting him or, you know, he was gonna going to show them and he was insufferable every single day or m- most of the days. And yet it made sense to me when I saw the games, because I saw it on the practice field in the locker room, I was like, well, that guy works the hardest cares. The most is the most maniacally competitive and insufferable. So yeah, he also should be the best ever. Um, so, you know, look, I think it's easy in the NFL. It's been this way for a long time to just go, well, we're the Green Bay Packers, or, well, this is how it is, or, well, we don't let players, you know, do that. But I think as NBA coaches and GMs have found out, it doesn't matter if that happens and you lose Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving or LeBron James, it doesn't really matter if you clung to your principles or said my way or the highway or the Cleveland Cavaliers don't do it. It just doesn't matter. The elite talent – will change so many things and in my opinion whatever's going on it's a failure of management to manage and the job is not talent evaluator or roster builder or mike, mike but w- but when you say front office who are these people who, who well, are you mark talking Mur- about mark murphy is the okay. basically the board of directors i guess control mark so Murphy. he's the guy he's, he's the, guy, the guy basically
3: aaron Rodgers is talking to well, I, mean, <laughs> I,
2: think he's, I think he's specifically talking to the GM Brian Gutekunst because this seems personal to me. He mm-hmm. is not talking to the coaches. Uh, he's not talking to the city or the history or the teammates. I, I don't think. But, but don't but don't the coaches
3: and Brian Gutekunst report to Mark Murphy?
2: They do. But I think if Mark Murphy asked the coaches what they thought, they would say, "Dude, whatever Aaron wants is what we should do. He's that good." And, you know, listen, so I think fans misunderstand this. It's, yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers may be in his feelings more yes, more than you think he should be. And <laughs> yeah, he may be yes. high maintenance, but it's their job to manage it. And if you don't, man- if all you care about is we're going to build this roster and we're going to do it our way, but you're not managing that, and you now are in a situation where he may not play for you again, because Mm. he's so upset and we'll see, or you decide we're going to trade him because we don't want to deal with this. I think your team will get worse and I think it will be a failure on your part. And so it, it, to me, it's not like who's right or how should it be? Or I just, I feel, work it out. You say, I feel bad that it's gotten to this point and Fans, stop trying to relate. You can't relate. A, there isn't another Aaron Rodgers on this earth right now who can do what he does. B, well, if I tried that at my job, yeah, well, dude, he's a, and you know my rant, Mike, he's a highly <laughs> specialized worker in an elite field that people pay lots of money to see, and it, he's irreplaceable. And will there ever be another guy like him? Yeah, like you could get Patrick Mahomes, maybe, and mm. you could replace him, but it's not hard to do. And that's why when people say, Oh my God, who you can't let a player act like that. Well, I know about 29 GMs and head coaches who would get on their knees right now for the opportunity to do that with Aaron Rodgers. And the only ones I'm leaving out are the ones who have Patrick Mahomes. And I I think maybe if you have Justin Herbert or, you know, like someone you'd be like, well, we're not going to sacrifice our whole dignity for it, but Trust me. There's a lot of guys who we think are these tough football guys. They would be on their hands and knees right now, crawling to Lambeau to escort Aaron home in a horse and carriage. <laughs> that they were driving the horse on the buggy, and they'd stop every five minutes and go, "Aaron, how's the temperature back there? Can we can we, can we get a- you a drink?"
3: A- a- agree, Silver. But 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 I would say this: I've seen teams win Super Bowls and championships without having the guy at quarterback so you know what I mean it, I, I've seen it I
2: it, it, well, it, 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 but well, you, to seen your backers I've seen the Packers play without Aaron Rodgers you know and it's not that years. good it's not and, that good. Um, no it's not that good I remember all. this one Thanksgiving game with Matt Flynn playing I mean I don't know how they got think. him paid not to dis yeah, not to dis that yeah. point yeah no, no though the game in New England where he threw for like 8,000
3: yeah. yards got him paid that's what I'm talking about that's the game he got him paid but there were some rumors out there that, you know, some teams looking at Aaron Rodgers, possibly the Denver Broncos. And yeah. we know you spent some time hanging out with them. You you wrote a piece on NFL.com right now. Everybody can go out there and check it out. Uh, tell us about your experience with the Denver Broncos.
2: Well, Michael, some of my uh, friends in media and friends outside of media tease me that stories tend to come to me magically <laughs> sometimes. And, uh, you know, maybe it's luck or whatever, but (laughs) I had it all set up with the Broncos, you know, to spend some time leading into the draft and for the draft, Mm -hmm. I was doing TV, getting some access and all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers' news is breaking and the Broncos are like, Hey, he's going to (laughs) death. I was able to spend some time with, with general manager, George Payton, their new general manager, two hours before the start of the first round. And they held the Mm -hmm. ninth overall pick. So I understood what was going on. And he would, you know, listen, like any general manager, not in possession of Patrick Mahomes. He was like, yeah, I got a call. Like, of course, <laughs> but you know, he was like, I don't know. It's a sensitive thing. I don't know how, if they'll take the call whatever, but he was going to call and I, and smartly his plan was, Hey, look, if I think this is a thing that's going to happen in, in a few days or after the draft based on the signals I get, well, I'll trade out a nine. I'll get some, you know, to someone way back, I'll get, capital for next year, maybe a team like the saints at 28, who want to get up and i will have, you know, multiple ones, multiple twos for yeah. 2022 that I can package. So the fact that he then didn't do that and stay put and took Patrick Sertan, who, by the way, his dad's one of my favorite dudes ever. Baller. So that was another like nice stroke of good fortune for me that I got <laughs> to see Pat senior the next day. But uh, yeah, the fact that he stayed put told me he doesn't think at the moment, this is a thing now if it becomes a thing in a week or a month or two months, yeah, he's going to make a phone call. And I think Mm -hmm. most GMs would and should, and the Broncos are interesting because they really do have a, a pretty good roster right now. They've done a really good job. And you know, Vic Fangio is a great defensive strategist. So they're going to have, you know, they're going to be able to compete in a lot of games because of Mm -hmm. that. Now you start talking about what if they got that guy? Whoa, you know, (sighs) look out.
3: Ooh, so uh, one last thing before I let you go, Mike. Um, You've gotten into the podcast game. Talk to us about Pass It Down, and when can I be a guest, man? Come on, man.
2: I'll tell you what, (laughs) be careful what you wish for. I know, right? It's going to happen very soon. Um, You know, so, Michael, I, I was home like everyone, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, quarantining, and my daughter, Natalie, who's a recent Cal graduate, was held captive here. So I just decided to exploit some free labor, you know, which, you know, it's yeah. a time-honored American tradition. I don't know if you yeah. uh, I know that, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, and she's, she's awesome. And she said, I said, listen, they've been talking to me about doing a podcast. You know, what do you think about being my co-host? And she was like, I don't know football like that. And I said, good, because I want nice you part. to be able to ask the questions that, you know, a person who's not too enmeshed in this world will ask. Like, well, why do they have to, you know, have a salary cap? Great question. Perfect. I would love to hear that, you know, so, um, and we, we've really tried to have fun it ha- you know, it hasn't been all football. We've gotten into politics and the pandemic we've had doctors on and, and awesome. definitely we so our most recent episode, we have bills owner, Kim Pagula, but she's also a tennis mom. Her daughter, Jesse, is a number 33 ranked player in the world. What she, she just got to the quarters of the Australian open. Wow. She, she played Serena in the final. We talked to her about that. That's uh, cool. We asked her about grunting because, you know, of course, we got to ask that question when we're, <laughs> we got a tennis player. But yeah. Um, yeah, we're just Michael. We're having a ton of fun and just trying to, you know, more just trying to amuse ourselves and, and keep the vibe good. So yes, thank you for mentioning pass it down. It's available on all major platforms. You were a, very much a future pass it down guest. You cannot escape. And yeah, uh, yeah you better watch out because Natalie might ask you some real questions.
3: Um, let's get it, man. Let's get it. Silver, thank you, brother. Thank you for coming through the podcast this week. Um, we got to get you back on, especially when something hot like this happened. Maybe if Aaron Rodgers gets moved, we'll get you back on and we can chop it up again. Well, remember
2: r- remember summer of 2019, you and I were sitting there at Green Bay for a minute. That's true. We were there. In training camp. And uh, broadcasting, and, uh, you know, we probably should have, you know, sniffed it out a little bit. Like, yeah. maybe, but I guess that was before the the and Love.
3: The, that was before Jordan Love made it to town. But thank you, big dog. And that'll do it for this week's episode of Total Access to Locker Room. For more insight with the locker room point of view, check out the latest episodes every Wednesday and Friday on Apple
0: and Spotify. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring –